The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views expressed here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what this means me? No, 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 no. Welcome back to Trenifesto, now a true crime podcast until Chelsea Manning gets released. I am one of your hosts, Madeline Hobbs. Today I am joined by... Ree Carter, the big farter. <laughs> and uh, Devlin Galloway, again. And and what rhymes with Galloway? Amy, I'm so, a- a- Amy, I'm so, pr- I mean, I'm so proud of you on your transition and your <laughs> name change. I promise not to dead name you any Holy further. Shit. Whoa, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Amy's Amy Amy is still uh, legally dead. Yeah. So, and if yeah. she's somehow listening to this from beyond the grave, uh, Amy, uh, what the fuck? How dare you spend time with your family, not with us, your real family? Yeah, Amy will be back. So those on uh, Amy Gang, uh, you're gonna have to wait a bit longer until you get in Amy ASMR or whatever the fuck. I'm honored to be the substitute. You are Amy today. Um, the honorary Amy. Yeah, exactly. I am the sub. <laughs> so uh, how are you at being an e-thought? Just, uh, if we're going to, actually, we should probably interview, Re, we should probably interview Devlin. Uh, Devlin, uh, what are your qualifications as an e-thought? Uh, uh, I post many thirst traps. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, My okay, boss okay. called me a thought the other day. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, okay. And where, where is your former employer? Uh, Don't dox yourself. Yeah, no, no, man. <laughs> Well, great, you're hired, which is great because we're going on to the next part, which is uh, today's episode, which we are reviewing Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling, the, uh, I guess, TV movie special that's on Netflix that recently came out, uh, I think like two days ago even. And yeah, believe it or not, it's actually a pretty big deal. And for those of us like myself who watched the cartoon growing up, it was incredible, and we'll get into the reasons why for that shortly. Uh, but before we get into dissecting it, let's kind of bring everyone up to date on what actually happened. So, Re? So, uh, so this takes place about uh, 20 years after the end of the original Rocker's, Rocco's Modern Life show, which, to be completely honest, I didn't watch. Yeah, well, so. they launched themselves into fucking space uh, at the end of the lap, so, yeah. So, anyway, so, yeah, so they are... In fact, in space, uh, flat fucking flying around, having a good time. Uh, they're up there for about 20 years, just watching their favorite show, The Fat Heads. And then they eventually figure out how to get back to Earth because one of them had the go back to Earth button stuck to their butt because Nickelodeon comedy. You know what? Honestly, and also to just a little detail, the VHS tape that they put into the VHS player was orange like every other fucking Nickelodeon movie for any oh of us. Oh my God, I didn't oh, even I remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I remember I had some like Rugrats VHS back in the day that were yeah. like that. I remember oh. the Rod- I remember the Rugrats uh, Rugrats uh, PlayStation One game. Did you ever play that? It was like it was fucking awesome. It was like no, but that sounds amazing. It was because like the whole idea was. I remember a really bad one. I, was there what was the bad one? Wasn't the one like in Paris and like it's just is this no 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 broken. No, okay, so before, sorry to interrupt the synopsis here, but we just, I need to, like, okay, fuck it. I know there's, like, a lot of conversation about what is the best video game out there, and I still maintain, uh, if the if it's not the best, it's gotta be one of the best, is the Rugrats video game for PlayStation 1, 
Because, like, you started off in the house, and, like, depending on what section of the house you go to, it would start an entire game. So there was, like, flashlight, fine ghosts. Uh, there was, like, a maze built entirely in a toy store. And at the end of it, if you beat everything, then you got to play as Reptar and, like, terrorize downtown and blow shit up. Hell yeah. It was still one of the greatest games. Uh, no queer representation, so we can't really review it on the show, but it was absolutely fantastic. Anyways. So anyway, so they get back to Earth, and it's, like, modern-ass times, and 20 years from then, so everybody, there's, you know drones and starbucks and like ridiculous tech bullshit everywhere yeah. and it's like you know obviously like a parody of modern times the way that the original show is a parody of the 90s uh anyways their neighbors the uh, blah, 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 big heads mm-hmm. so they're still around and fucking what was it ed ed that was the yeah that was the guy's dad name, right yeah mm-hmm. yeah so ed uh like just fucks up and totally makes a, his company collapse because it, re- it it recognizes that most American industry is based on bullshit lies and finance is a complete um, smoking mirror show. Yeah, exactly. I love the fact that this yeah. actually like like it took a really nice shot at capitalism. Again, still it's a very oh, it's so a very good. class conscious show. Yeah. yeah, like no, it's a it's a again no one to spoil it, but like it does a very good job of maintaining that like kid like fun for it, but also like injecting more uh, mature themes. Yeah, it's just that like the fact that you look at it for more than one second and realize that everything is based on absolutely nothing. Exactly. So that foot falls apart and uh, Rocco's super bummed that the Fedheads hasn't been on TV for a long time. It just isn't around anymore. And he thinks that everything has changed so much. He wants to have one thing that's the same. So he wants to, he convinces, or he wants uh, them to put the fat heads back on TV, hopefully, and uses the idea that it might save the company financially if they do it as like leverage. Yeah. But the uh, the creator of the show, who is um, the child of uh, of Ed, is gone missing. Went to go uh, find themselves and had was super sad. Which I was reading. I was like, I was reading up on the show and is like kind of consistent with the character from the show. Was just kind of like always unhappy with their like circumstance yeah super like, angry always a lot trying of time to too. yeah a- angry trying to like self-sabotage like all of the, their career choices and stuff so went to go find themselves uh hadn't seen in a while so they go try to find this person um they are and they go do their whole montage around the world and eventually end up in the desert where they find a fat heads uh ice, cr- ice cream truck yeah so which run by the person who has uh, apparently uh who they find has is actually has transitioned to be rachel in that time and is quite happy out there selling uh ice cream bars but uh yeah rocco tries to convince her to come back and help out you know and kind of plays on Rachel's own nostalgia for her parents and everything is like, okay, I guess I can go back even if like, things are kind of awkward and help out. So they go back and then Ed, as soon as um, he uh, sees Rachel, like fucking loses it, is like, no, no more change. I can't do this. I can't deal with this. And just is like, I don't even care if the company fails. Like, I just can't deal with this. And that's kind of, that's kind of the issue. And then Rachel goes off and like, is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go back to selling ice cream and you know some stuff happens and then they have a good talk and then 
They're like, oh, actually, change is good. And then this turns out the show is doing really, really well because Rachel, like, kind of, again, has a nostalgic trip and ends up making the, sh- the um, show anyway. And it's doing really well. And then it uh, it was sp- very specifically inspired by what sh- much... Because part of it, and, like, obviously we'll talk more about it, but um, Rachel's character in the original show was always, like, the writer's, like, self-insertion character and always, like, specifically jokes about... Uh, his experience at like Nickelodeon and all the animation studios, and he voiced the character, and he still voiced it in this one. But any, but in the character in this one uses like the specific nostalgic memory to inform the special that they make, and then uh, Ed sees this and like is like, oh, this kid's still my kid, and everything's actually fine, and not much has actually changed, and they reunite. And then Rocco, but Rocco's upset because the special isn't exactly the same as it was before. And then everything works out in the end. Is that about right? Yeah, I think it was pretty good. Yeah, no, it's um, like an absolutely fabulous show. I mean, just before we dive into it and the characters and trans representation, like as a show by itself, um, it's fantastic. Like you don't even have to have watched much of Rocco beforehand to appreciate it. It's it, like you'll you'll understand more. And like Reese said, there the original series was a uh, satirical take on the '90s, and they've adapted that for now. But it's still like fantastic just to watch. Sit down. I mean, do hallucinogenics if you have them. Um, <laughs> be just very careful when you do that, please. I feel like a lot of the designs in this show would have a bad time with that. Well, yes. I mean, hey, if any of your uh, if any of our listeners do that, uh, get back to us. We would be curious to know. But um, like, cause you two, cause I actually had never seen any of Rocco's Modern Life oh. before this. Like, I for a long time I was actually I was convinced that it was like one of those shows that was only in the states and never made it up here. Cause I saw a lot about it, but I never saw it on TV. And I watched a lot of cartoons when I was a kid. Yeah, I saw it like randomly a couple episodes. Well, sorry, I ended up watching a lot of it, but I started by seeing a couple and then like every Saturday morning on fucking cartoons, there was Rocco's Modern Life on there. Fucking B-52 singing, you know, Rocco's Modern Life. It was such, like, I, I again, the, the show makes fun of the nostalgia of it, but it was very nostalgic watching it. Like they did a very good job of like sticking to what it was originally and that i think is because like they had the original writer of the show lots of little things and details as well for example oh, so many little details the, it was hand drawn this wasn't computer animated that was why there was that jab that whole section in there about making fun of fucking computer animated drawings <laughs> and saying like you know there's no heart and soul which they're absolutely right like there's i was just reading an article here they hand painted the backgrounds so oh, wow. Yeah, so it's it still has that look and charm to it. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, lots of things inside the show, like the callback with the orange cassette tape that pretty much all Nickelodeon films were on. Uh, Devlin, was there any other what parts you wanted to bring up? There's just like little details and callbacks to the original show, like characters appearing in the background. And like I think they kind of hinted at every major character in the special and like what yeah. they've been up to. Like Oh, just like bringing back all the characters at the end, like all the family members that showed up, like um, what's his name? I can't remember the turtle's name right now. Oh, uh, like Philbert's family? Yeah, Philbert's family yeah, and yeah, wife yeah. and stuff like that. And Oh, uh, so do you know the story about the um, wife? I remember reading this somewhere. No. Was that, because um, you saw that she has like a hook for a hand. Yeah. So specifically it was, hey, the, like the um, producer was like, hey, we need more female characters. We need a female character with a really good hook. So he just made a female character with a hook. That's amazing. 
Yeah. So like like the show has literally always been like fucking goofing on yeah like expectations and like you know. It's also always kind of being a little bit yeah. woke secretly in the background too. Well, that's the thing. It's like the, yeah, there's the wokeness, and we'll get into that as well. But it's also nice, just like with so many things being like the. Uh, one of the parts that stood out for me was when they're in the beginning when they're in the movie theaters and they and it's that fucking it's that really funny scene where it's like the dark edgy version of the superhero comic that he used to read back in the 90s but the 90s it really really big man or whatever yeah exactly but it was the whole idea like back in the 90s i remember the episode which is like oh this is my comic book oh it's awesome and like even in this it t- made fun of it because they took this really innocent looking character like it was ridiculous his power is like he had like time travel nipples um, but they've turned it into like this really edgy uh, show, and it was one of those things where it's like it's true. Like in the '90s, like you had co- like fucking Spawn came out, that was pretty you know pretty edgy for comic book movies. But we also had like fucking Mario Brothers, um, which I still maintain, which I love. Ma- yeah, oh, it's so good, hundred percent. The Koopa, they're terrifying in that movie. Yeah. Oh the yeah. Nightmare fuel. Oh fuck, a hundred percent. But yeah, like it's it also it, it just calls out calls out problems, and, but also at the same time it's absurd. Like I love the fact that it's absurd, and there's and it's absurd in a way that like if there's plot holes or things like you know fucking uh, Rachel just showing up in the middle of the desert that they crash land into, that's fine because that's all works within the the fucking universe. Um, also, I want to I want to like see how much I love that one joke where it was like culturally where they ambiguous were, like, yeah, the culturally ambiguous, like falling towards the desert, just the guy with all the fucking big thing of pillows, oh, yeah. like pillows, culturally ambiguous pillows, soft and fluffy, <laughs> and they just fall behind it, and they do that joke like twice. It's so good. Again, it's it's not a, it's this isn't like one of the other shows. It's I think part of the, what makes this episode refreshing, and I guess we'll get into the trans uh, narrative. It's just like. Yeah, you know what? It's honestly just nice to see trans representation in absurdism, comedy, lighthearted cartoons. Like I liked it because it was a very well done plot point. Uh, it wasn't even like a side part; it was actually part of the main storyline. But it, yeah, it was like a core part of the narrative. Exactly, but it was done in a way that made sense and didn't feel like it was shoehorned in there. Like the whole idea was just like the the parallels between Rocco coming to terms with the fact that the world has changed and that's okay. There's the fucking winds of change character that exists. <laughs> uh, uh, Rachel is now Rachel, and there's that beautiful moment where Rachel comes out to. Uh, Rocco and Rocco's friends and the reaction I found was perfect like it was just like they're like cool that's awesome and they even got like a really cheesy trans joke in there too when um, they're about to take off because they're going to go back to town to save O-Town and um, one of the guys uh, out the window or or I think Rocco says "Uh, you know uh, let's head out and the guy's like Roger and the other friend's just like Roger I thought their name was Rachel it's like yeah, it's it's very it's very cheesy and dad humor esque, but it was so good. Very well, well done. The part I liked about that is that's the whole. There's this whole idea that like you can't make fun of like minority groups or whatever, and like you can't make fun of trans people or whatever. But like it's like and this was something that was made by a cis person yes. who just wanted to tell a story, include like trans people in their story, and like used his self-insert character to be like let's just make this character a trans person because that would be fun but then like and then they made a dead name joke and it was fine it was good it was funny like literally nobody on earth had a problem with it yeah no i i liked it and i mean like it's interesting because one of the things that we've brought up in this show before is just the fact that like cis characters six cis actors playing trans characters is a problem but i i'm 
I'm fine with this. Like, this episode had no problem. I mean, first off, it was... Like, everything was tactfully handled. The story was surprisingly well-written. And the fact that they could have done a lot of things wrong, and yet they somehow managed to avoid all of them. Like, like even, like, for example, like, the character has a deep voice, uh, Rachel. Yeah. Because that was what the character had before. And I could have easily seen something like, you know, oh, they changed their voice or something in there, but they didn't. So the absurdism is there and like the spirit of the show, but it's also like, they're not, the, the, the person who, the, sorry, the writer is not trying to be something they're not with that character. And I thought it was really good. Yeah. It's just, it's literally just like the character finally like found themselves, like has finally like, you know, done that, but it's like still exactly the same, which also kind of feeds into like the whole narrative is about change and the fact that like, you know, aside from the name and the aesthetics, this is like maybe if you weren't even if you if you like didn't have the visuals, it would literally just be a name change. Aside from that, like literally nothing about this character would change, which is kind of something that like, you know, trans people say when they're transitioning, which I mean, obviously people either change or like stop putting on airs, which is like can be viewed as a type of change, but like are still fundamentally yeah. the same person. Well, that's yeah. exactly it. And I mean, like, it's also interesting to watch the, the parental reactions as well, because the dad just went, as soon as Rachel showed up, went flat out, no, 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 change is bad. I don't like change. Uh, was it like uh, too much, ch- a TMC or something like too much change? They suffered from it. But the mom was just like, all over it. Just like, I, you know, I'm going to try to do her fucking voice. I'm just so happy for Rachel. I found these beautiful shoes. Like, it looks so That's cute. so I'm accurate. Don't get down the oh. pack of, pack of <laughs> smokes. Yeah, exactly. Just just imagine an 85-year-old woman who picked up smoking in uterus. Um, yeah. And then that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much what they sound like. But it was... I like the way of, like, the showing the both sides of what a parent's reaction could be to that. Because, like, I find a lot of times it's either one... Well, one more often than the other. But it's usually either... Um, it's, like, them all together. And the only other show I can think where... The parents had a split reaction. One was good, one was bad. Was in Brooklyn Nine Nine when Rosa came out uh, as bi, which we'll cover in another episode. I liked also too the fact that like the dad realized by the end that you know Rachel was still their child. Uh, there was a they when the movie was made, uh, the big heads. There was jokes put in by Rachel about like their the like things they said growing up. And the dad looked back and just realized, you know, it's the same person and all those memories. They just had, you know, they're like, it's like the mom said, I'm just happy. They're happy with themselves. Which I mean, also, also like, not doing that voice again. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, and also like, I mean, a lot of like trans people with positive experiences have had like, you know, female, like, especially, you know, especially like, I guess actually either, uh, either way, like having family members come out and be like, oh, I can't wait to go clothes shopping be with, or like whatever. Yeah. That's so wholesome. You know, like being excited to, yeah, like a family members who are excited to participate in gender with like their trans like family members or friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there is a lot to celebrate in situations like this. Like I don't know, it's it's cool. Like you get to you get to finally figure out more of this person that you said you loved. So why wouldn't you just go fucking ham with them like the mom did? Go buy shoes, do stuff, buy clothes that maybe not be your style, but like I don't know. It's it just there was a warm feeling throughout this and even Rocco at the end like realizing that he had to let go of the TV show being exactly the way it is I thought was this great kind of overarching message of the show which was just you have to let go of the past change is inevitable and the only way to learn to be happy is to embrace change 
Uh, which actually, it's funny enough, uh, Rhea, I believe it was your grandma you used to tell me uh, would say things about like when it came to transitions. Oh, well, yeah. So it was my, yeah, it was when I came out to my grandma, she was basically said like, I'm too old to be surprised by anything. <laughs> exactly. Which has like words that I've like decided to live by. Yeah, exactly. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because every time now I'm just like, yeah, no matter what life throws now, I'm just gonna be like, all right, cool. Mm, fine. Except Nazis. Fuck Nazis. Also, if anybody from Portland is listening, uh, well done last weekend. Good job. Uh, Kudos. Also this week. Also, also, also today. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess also today. Oh yeah. We we stand by the banana dancers. Absolutely, the banana dancers. Yeah. We, stand those bananas. We stand a banana. Yeah. Exactly. Stananas. Stananas. Rocco's line about change was like just a really good sentiment too. Just the that it's okay. Like he's kind of sad, sad about it, but in the end, it's like totally okay. And I think that's like just a really good narrative i think for people who like struggle with that kind of stuff yeah mm. well i think one of the and again a lot of the the skewering and takes on there but i think it was also like it doesn't matter what the change is this is, comes back to something that i used to say which is like everybody goes through transition mine just involved gender and like that was the same there it's like everybody had to embrace change on some level and the world changes and like the, the, the i think about it too like the uh, rocco's two friends were really happy mm. why because they kind of just went with it like yeah, there's the there's the, the skewing of consumerism in terms of the iPhone or the O phone eight, nine, ten or some shit like that. But there's also the fact that like just because they just went with what was there, they became happy. And I think that's that's a really good message everyone can take away from this, to be quite honest. Like transition, think of it less as like a gay thing and more as just a you know, change is inevitable. Things will be different tomorrow. We'll wake up and I have no idea what will happen. So why not just roll with it? It's more fun that way too. So can we talk about how this episode like kind of, despite completely anticipating and addressing the blowback that it was going to get, still got that exact blowback it was going to get from the predictable crap. I actually haven't seen any blowback. Uh, what, yet, you got so. some blowback for us? Well, I mean, I don't, I, for, I forget. Re- okay, well, I can't remember. Like, there was one, there was one, like, main uh, fucking neckbeard post that was going around. I, I genuinely can't remember who it was, but, like, oh, fuck, I can't believe that the SJWs got to my favorite show. Da-da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah, and, like, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so it's like, and there was like a hand, you know, obviously a handful of that from like the, the usual crowd. But I think that like it's interesting because like the show, like the whole point was not necessarily like the show was about change and that was the idea. And obviously, this wasn't, this actually really, this had nothing to do. It used the transition as a tool to talk about change and it was more of a skewering of reboots more so than it oh, was yeah. like anything to do with like gender. Like, yeah, that was just like a an incredibly modern tool. Like, I mean, obviously trans people exist forever, blah, 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 blah. but like it's, it was an, it's an incredibly, you know, 21st century way to just think to make fun of and, and to turn towards like you know the change between the 90s and now yeah and like and obviously there was like the usual people being like why isn't this reboot the exact same stuff as before even though originally the show was class conscious and woke and all of that shit but it was they added in this new thing that people that some people don't like because it's changed literally what happened in the which, episode which is like wh- yeah exactly yeah, exactly which is this beautiful level of irony and by the way Rhea, i found that tweet that you uh, were talking about uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, oh my. So uh, this is from. Please do a dramatic, dramatic reading. Yes. Um, this is from at Biscuit Basher. <laughs> oh my God, these bastards did it! They revived my favorite childhood cartoon just to turn Ralph transgender. SJW Netflix takes another victim. Then they wonder why they're losing money. That Invader Zim special is doomed. The the bastards did it. They blew it up. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, hi. And, <laughs> you made it all up. No, but like it's also too. It was Joe Murray's fucking decision to make the character uh, trans, and that's that's one of the top tweets. This is what you do. This is how. Here, I'm just gonna tell you. This is how show writing works. And like, this is a discussion for another time. Whether or not like watching things becomes better or worse once you like learn how like the writing process for mm-hmm. film and TV works, but. When you want to add, like, address something, and you have an ins- like a large cast of B characters, you take a B character and slap and make an and apply this thing to them, if then then use that, and that's how TV works. You're like, we should do a trans character instead of introducing a new trans character. You just we're like, okay, well here's somebody like in any other show. That's how you, that's how you do it. It's not even like, it's it's not even like it's not the SJW shit. It's literally just a thing that exists in the world that if somebody wanted to put in a show, they're going to put in a show and they're going to just pick a random fucking backside B-side character to do it. Like which is not necessarily yeah. what happened in this time, but that's just how fil- our TV writing works. Yeah, and I mean there's no there's no like, you know, nothing changed. I mean for Christ's sakes, the voice was still done by the same person. Exactly. Completely changed. I've seen this weird thing that people are doing that I don't know if it's in support or not, but people seem to be forgiving the fact that there's a trans character in this by saying, yeah, well, frogs in the real world change sex all the time. Yeah. Like, they keep... Oh, piss off. Yeah. They keep using that as why it's okay. They're like, it's a frog. They change sex in the wild in the real life. It's fine. I think it's like... Which is like weird cartoon biological essentialism in a weird way. Well, I mean, it would be one... I think it would be one thing if, like, if they used that in the show, like as a gag or something to be like wow how did you transition so quickly it's like i'm a frog it's easy like i think like if it was part of the show then i'd be like okay that's funny that's a good use of your existing thing but otherwise again it could have literally it could have been literally any other character yeah. oh yeah it's just funny that people need like a reason to be like no it's fine yeah i mean like it's, it's one of those things where like if that's if if that was one of the thinking for joe murray it's clever like you, you could appreciate the cleverness but i think we could all agree too rocco's modern life though skewering you know modern life is not really based in a reality world like it's it's old like fucking slapstick humor it's people falling down eyes popping out of their heads uh, like shit like that i like it it's it's a kind of like a nice callback especially with everything going the way it does now i say it actually i think one of the reasons i like rocco's modern life is because with everything that's been coming out as of late it's tried to be more serious like like i think back to i love shira i love the shira show but there's a there is a fairly serious like line that goes about the entire show and it feels heavier which is still good but this like it was just no it was just, i was like a fucking kid watching cartoons again like, there was no shoe It's hoarding. literally the same show. Exactly. You're just like, ah, I'm back. It's an old pair of shoes. But there was new things in it, and I still felt the connection to it. Yeah, you know, like, it didn't have to get that heavy, because, I mean, a lot of this is was a callback to a specific episode of uh, Rocco, like the I Have No Son yeah. one, which, uh, yeah, which was very much like Ed disowning uh, Rachel, like, you know, pre-transition for not following in the company line. So, like, you know, the fact that disowning in this part was kind of consistent with the character and it was, like, just a callback to this thing that has happened in the past. Like, Ed has disowned his child before and, you know, Rachel has, you know, abandoned previous things due to being depressed before like it was a very like even if you were even if my even if it wasn't like you know like maybe an intentional thing of like hey i want to do something trans 
at, because I want that to be better, more exposure, more representation, which I believe that the Joe must have done a certain amount, like if he's like, you know, a wo- as much of a woke bay as yeah. we think. It could have just been like, okay, what's a thing that this character could do that is in the same line as the other ones? Uh change gender and actually even you know what consistent with the character even if the character like like you know started transition and then was like oh actually you know what maybe this isn't for me and like had like and this was that was done in like a in a respect like a respectful tasteful way even that would be fine and consistent with the yeah actually uh, yeah and on that note too uh in terms of why uh, another thing that could lead to why joe murray did such a good job i'm just reading this directly on nickelodeon's suggestion murray consulted the gay and lesbian alliance against defamation glad to ensure that the script avoided any transphobic jokes or scenes. And also, additionally, Netflix had nothing to do with any creative decisions behind Rocco's Modern Life static cling. So, basically... Amazing. Yeah, so, like, Joe Murray did, first off, like, maintained all of it. He's, he's like, I'm gonna do my shit. Uh, consulted the right people. So that's the thing. It's like, if you want to be, like, a cishet writer for queer characters, do what Joe did. Go talk to the people. Be like, hey, I want to do this, and I want to do this tastefully. How do I do it? And went to the experts, and it was fantastic. It kind of shows what happens if you actually put the work in to, like, understanding what you're creating. Exactly. And I know also, too, I read an article that Joe Murray just said, like, it's, you know, it's not about creating a statement. It's just, like, you know, he just thought that trans was a really good idea because... It represents the idea of change and something that a lot of people are having difficulties with. It was just fun. I like. I, it was a fun show. I felt like a kid again, but I could yeah. appreciate it as an adult. I watched it with a little one, and they fucking loved it. They're like, they're like, because they like the cartoons they watch nowadays are not as weird as this shit. So yeah, what did it, what did it, what did they think actually? Like, what was that? Did they have any specific? Yeah, they thoughts? just they, they thought it was funny. They laughed, but like they laughed. The, the little one is seven. So they watched it, and I, I asked them about the trans character in there, and like at the very end, and they went, "Oh yeah, there was one." Like, and that's perfect because the idea is like, you know, everybody can watch uh, a movie and take away different things at different ages. I remember for me personally, I used to watch uh, Spaceballs the movie uh, all the time when I was little, and it wasn't until I was an adult I was like, "Wow, there's a lot more to this film." But like, it's good. Like the kids will watch this and they're just introduced to uh, a trans character and it's not like shoehorned in there. For kids that don't know, they may ask a question or two, but like- And plus like one thing I like about it is that it ties in like the transition to like a much more like universal emotion. Like the way that it is like, it's fundamentally about change and it uses a trans character to, you know, inform that as like a catalyst for that discussion. Like, a lot of times people don't... I don't think people empathize, like, with trans people as much as they want to on either side. Like, they kind of view it as its, like, own specific esoteric thing, and they don't necessarily, like, apply the... apply what is happening and what these other people are going through to their own experience. Like, they don't under, they don't see how, like, transition is similar to their own, like, exactly. changes. Like, they don't see how it's, like, similar to, like, their own interpretations of, like, gender or race or, like, spirituality or... Or labor or like any of these other things that they see about themselves they don't apply those like universal emotions to what the, these other people yeah because it, no, yeah. it's scary to like have to question things in yourself that you feel are like absolutes like for example mm-hmm. like you know gender if we look at that for example like the vast majority of the population yeah. is just like i am born a guy or girl and no matter what i become in life no matter what i do i am those things well it's the kind of the, and it's the same with like you know like a lot of religious yeah. groups like like you know like if you're like jewish or catholic or like a lot of these other like sort of very like baked in religious like uh you know of course cultures like you are always going to be that and especially like 
you know, before the advent of, like, mass communication, like, that was, you were also, like, no matter what you did and no matter what you do, you're always going to be whatever religion you grew up with. Or even, like, to the character of Rachel, like, in that, in the I Have No Sen episode, it was the family business. Like, they were disowned because they didn't follow the family business because that was something that they were supposed to do. That was like a baked in intrinsic yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. And so when anytime you have to question something about yourself that you feel rooted in, it's scary. And like for cis people, like I get it. If you're, you know, for a lot of people, like taking uh, solace and gender is something we subconsciously find very comforting, but it's easy to take for granted. Exactly. But when you yeah. start to question it, like we had to question it, all three of us here in different ways, we questioned it and we found the path that we had to find non-binary trans, but like, you know, it says a person, if they see that sometimes and they're not, you know, used to that kind of thing, they'll start to question stuff in themselves. If you are born this way and like, well, maybe you can change it. Maybe that isn't how you're supposed to be. And then people are like, well, you know, I like the idea and the overarching narrative, just like that everybody goes through transition in one way or another. Some people involves gender, some people involves careers. And we should encourage people to honestly try things that they find they think they're themselves. Is that not the point of life? This is more philosophical for the show but, than the show is usually. But like, is that not the point? Well, as as da- as David Hume says. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. Like, if the whole idea is, should be like life is is the is the betterment of yourself, whatever that looks like. Be happy, healthy, and safe. Beyond that, just be yourself. Um, well, it's kind, of, but it also that's also kind of like you know in opposition to like that sort of platonic ideal of everybody is destined to be something, and therefore, and society works in works best when everybody's like doing what they are destined to be, which is nope, <clears throat> sorry, destiny don't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like which is like another, which is also like I think a much more conservative phil- philosophy, and what a lot of conservative philosophy is based off. Totally, of. we're on a, we're on a tiny rock orbiting a giant explosion that's held in place like in the middle of nowhere in the middle of nothing just fucking doesn't matter the entire universe is run on entropy have fun exactly yeah the universe is indifferent but that's a good thing wait i remembered one little detail that i think is really neat for representation yeah yeah, littered throughout the littered throughout the episode if you pay attention to color splashes there are pride flags for different orientations all over the place Oh the shit! Lights now that come, back. The lights that the lights that come out of Rachel's truck when she's working on the cartoon, the trans flag comes out and the pansexual flag comes out. It's the exact colors, and Fuck, if you go yes. through Twitter, people have noticed pride flags just in almost every scene throughout the show. I fucking love you, Joe Murray. I can we? Uh, Jesus, I would love to get you on the fucking show. Holy shit! So we'll kind of wrap it up here uh, with final thoughts. I mean, obviously, everyone can guess what our opinion's on here, but does anybody have any final thoughts for the show? Show good. It, it, I stand. Oh, we stand. 100% we stand. Again, it was a great example of how to have uh, trans as a narrative point done tastefully uh, and universally applicable as well. Um, and I like the fact that they kind of ran the... Tr- for the people that needed that extra push... They ran the trans narrative right beside Rocco's narrative of having difficulties accepting a new character in his favorite cartoon, which in that is meta because that's also commentation or comment. Uh, that's also commenting on people who would have a problem with Ralph's character being technically a new character introduced. So there's so much meta to this. Holy shit. I gotta go back Good and watch prediction. this. Good prediction. Yeah. Joe Murray is a fucking genius. I hope they make more of this. I really do. 
So, anyways, um, thanks all again for joining us. Um, again, we apologize for the release schedule of some of the stuff. Uh, summer vacation has been something we've liked to have taken off, and we honestly might even take off the rest of the summer until September. Uh, and Amy will be joining us back by then. But absolutely, we love having Devlin on the show. Devlin, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before we get ready with our outros? No, nothing really right now. No? We saw a very, we saw a very good band from uh, Alberta called Still There last night at a show. and They are sick and deserve your support. Deserve to be checked out. Fuck yeah. I'll give them a shot afterwards. So yeah, I'm Madeline Hops. I'm at Robin underscore is dead on Twitch and Twitter. I just finished fucking a week's worth of grinding to get a cool gun in uh, Destiny 2. And now my life is hollow and empty. So I'm learning 3D modeling. My name is Ree Carter at R-H-I-R-H-I-C-A-R-T-E-R. Um, I've been too depressed to do anything productive, so I've been working on my Crusader Kings 2 uh, Empire. Uh, so I have officially... Uh, Christianized all of Africa with my um, Morocco, with my empire based in Morocco. <laughs> it's like an Ara- an Arabic speaking Christian empire. So that has most of, most of Africa. So that's kind of cool. I will hopefully get over my slump and do cool things again one day. Yeah, and also too, if anybody knows any D and D groups going, I'm looking for something. I'd like to play around uh, for funsies. All right, perfect. Just a round of D&D. Just, just a round for everybody in the bar of D&D. Perfect. So uh, thank you all again for joining us. And yeah, we'll probably be back to uh, everything as usual in September. So until that point in time, we love you all and we'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye.